Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of Backyard Politics. I'm your host and moderator, R.D. Kulik. First, I got to start off by saying I want to thank you guys. We've gotten some great feedback hearing from people I know and people I don't know about this show. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it and trying to make the changes that are going to make it better for everyone as we move on. But today's episode, I mean, look, every episode is the greatest ever, but this one just hits it out of the park. I'm going to set up how this whole show is going to work. Backyard Politics is part of the Ion Community family. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go to ioncommunity.com. That's like I like eyeball oncommunity.com. And you'll see we have a family of podcasts that are sitting there. One of the podcasts that we do is High Heels in Politics, which is hosted by Marianne Christie. And Marianne has been in the political game here in Southwest Ohio and in the entire state of Ohio for, for decades, for a very long time. Former mayor of Madeira, former vice chair of the Ohio Republican Party, Marianne knows a lot of people. And over on her show, High Heels in Politics, she's, she interviews these leaders in our region and then all over the state. She's interviewed the lieutenant governor. She's interviewed the chairwoman of the Ohio Republican Party. She's even interviewed her own cousin, who is Susie Chaffee, who in the 1970s and 80s was known as Susie Chapstick, former Olympian and Chapstick spokeswoman and one of the trailblazers behind Title IX. So go check out all of Marianne's shows. What I did for this particular episode, because I sat down, I got former Councilwoman Pam Gross and I got current reporter Joe Wessels to sit down once again to have a discussion about voting and how it's become a political issue on how we vote. So what I started off is I used an interview that Marianne did just a few weeks ago with Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRoe. Now, if you want to hear the full interview, it's just about 25 minutes, go over to High Heels in Politics and check out the full interview. In there, Secretary of State LaRose talks a lot about absentee ballots, what, it, how, what you need to do to be a poll worker, and even discusses how the state is teaming up with Ohio's craft brewers to make sure everyone's out there getting registered to vote. I took just under 10 minutes of the interview where the Secretary of State Marianne discussed exactly how you vote in Ohio and some of the issues surrounding this particular election. So we're going to start off the show with Marianne's interview with the Secretary of State. Like I said, I took a 25-minute interview and I cut it down to less than 10 minutes, but I wanted you guys to get that information. And then for the roundtable, Pam Gross, Joe Wessels, and myself discuss why it's become political in voting. You guys are going to see really quick that Pam and Joe get very spirited in their beliefs and their ideas and where things go. I don't know if we solved anything on this uh, show, but you know what we did do? We sat down and we discussed with, with each other about what our beliefs are and what our views are and then the fact of the matter that everyone needs to vote. So guys, sit back, relax, enjoy the interview between Mary Ann Christie and Secretary of State Frank LaRose and enjoy the fireworks that are going to come between myself, Pam Gross, and Joe Wessels. Mr. Secretary, thank you for taking time to discuss the issue on voting in Ohio. Let's clear up the air up front. Does Ohio have universal ballot? And what is the difference with a universal request for a ballot? And how does it affect the Ohio voter? Well, thanks, Marianne. And, and I think what you're asking is about universal vote by mail. Ohio does not have that. But what we do have, what's called no-fault absentee voting. Now, this distinction 
may not make a big difference to the average voter, but it's important for folks to understand the difference between the two processes. In a state that has universal vote by mail, everybody is mailed an absentee ballot, whether they ask for one or not. And that's the way that they've done it in states like Washington and Oregon for a long time. Colorado does it that way. Utah does it that way. And recently, Nevada and California have joined the fray in mailing everybody an absentee ballot form. The actual ballot is mailed to them whether they ask for one or not. The variation on that is here in Ohio, we make absentee voting available to every voter. And it has been that way for close to 20 years. And we try to encourage Ohioans to take advantage of this really secure and convenient process by mailing an absentee ballot request form to everybody. And those are actually going to go out here just in the next couple of days. 7.8 million registered voters, every registered voter in the state, is going to receive a letter in the mail from me in the next couple of weeks that will include the form they need to fill out to request their absentee ballot, as well as a self-addressed envelope to mail it back to their board of elections. And by doing that, you'll get the process started and you'll receive your ballot in early October, right around October 6th or 7th when the board starts sending those out. After I have filled in my ballot, where can I submit that ballot? Can I mail it in? And what are they all talking about this drop box? <laughs> yeah, so Marianne, the, the once you've put in your request and the Board of Elections has mailed you your ballot, the best way to get it back is to mail it back in. You, know, you put a, a, a first class stamp on it. Or again, my hope is that we're still working with the legislature on this, that they authorize us to provide postage paid envelopes. But either way, the best way is to mail back in your absentee ballot. And then when you do mail it back in, you can track it just like you would track a package that you ordered. You go to voteohio.gov again, and you can track your ballot and make sure that it's been received by the Board of Elections and it's securely locked away in their safe. And you know that come election day, it will be counted. Uh, if you don't want to mail it in, then you can return it to the Board of Elections in person. And that's always been the case in Ohio. You may also have a family member return it to the Board of Elections, but you can't have somebody who's not a family member under Ohio's law take it to the Board of Elections for you. So if you wanted to gather up the ballots for your household, you could return them for your household, but you couldn't have your neighbor do it for you, for example. We've ordered every county Board of Elections to make a secure 24-hour drop box available. And this is the first time in Ohio's history that this has been the case for a general election. And so this is a big uh, expansion in the convenience of providing these. It used to be you had to go during the, the work hours that the Board of Elections was open at most counties. Uh, but now for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the drop box is available and they're under video surveillance. Now, there are some that are saying we should install them other places. And I'm fine with that idea to have them at the park or at the library or in front of City Hall. The problem is the state legislature hasn't acted on this yet. And so there's no legal authority for us to do that. And so that's where some that have been calling for us to install them in more places are forgetting that me as an executive office holder, I don't get to make the laws. I have to execute the laws of the state of Ohio. And the law is very clear about returning absentee ballots that they may only be done in certain ways. And it actually says by no other means may an absentee ballot be returned to the Board of Elections. So we have to be careful about that. But right now, what there are is, is, is convenient uh, opportunities to return them to the Board of Elections if you don't want to do it by mail. And that's what people should consider. Either send it in by mail or drop it off at the Board of Elections 24-7 all the way up until Election Day. And then of course, at 7.30 p.m. on November 3rd, the polls close, and uh, and that's the deadline to get your FC ballot returned as well if you're going to bring it in person. 
Is Ohio working with the Postal Service to ensure that ballots will be delivered on time to be counted? Oh, 100%. In fact, I was on a phone call yesterday with the new Postmaster General and some of his staff, along with a bipartisan team of secretaries of state. I heard something that really stuck out at me. It was an hour-long conversation that we had with the Postmaster General. But one of the things that he said repeatedly is that elections mail is the Postal Service's top priority. He didn't qualify that and say it's one of our top priorities. He said elections mail is the Postal Service's top priority. And I believe that to be true. I've seen that commitment from them. And certainly the Postal Service is not perfect, right? It's a, it's a big organization uh, that has its own inefficiencies and that kind of thing. But I'm confident that as long as Ohioans do their part and make sure to not delay, send in their absentee ballot on time and that kind of thing, uh, that the Postal Service will get them delivered. Again, though, that not delaying part is important. If Ohioans all wait until the end of October to request their absentee ballots, not only is it going to swamp the Board of Elections, but it's going to lead, lead to some sort of logistical problems where if the Postal Service is moving a few days slower than we're accustomed to, it could actually cost you your ability to vote. And so that's why getting your absentee ballot request in right now is important. And that's why as soon as you get your ballot, you should fill it out and mail it back in. Don't delay and and go to VoteOhio.gov to track it and make sure it's received by your board of elections. Let's talk about in-person voting. Do you need to wear a mask and can you, you vote curbside? Yeah, absolutely. So Ohio is under a statewide mask mandate by the governor. What that means is that voters are expected to wear their masks when they come to polling locations. No question about that. Poll workers are required by my office to to wear their mask or a face covering. If they're not able to wear a mask, a a clear plastic face covering will be permissible as well. We put out a 48-point health guidance document to our county boards of elections uh, just a couple of weeks ago that was designed to answer these kind of questions. You can see that on our website if you have more questions. And that was developed with the Centers for Disease Control as well as the Ohio Department of Health. When voters come to a polling location, first of all, the polls will be open on Tuesday, November 3rd from 6.30 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. We're working really hard to recruit poll workers to make that happen. And so I'd encourage your listeners, Marianne, to sign up to be a poll worker at voteohio.gov slash defend democracy. It takes 35,000 Ohioans to run polling places. And so it'll be a safe and healthy environment. When voters show up, if they don't have a mask, we're going to offer them one. We've received hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of masks that have been donated by manufacturers. Uh, we've got more coming. Every voter will be offered one if they show up without one. If they refuse that mask, then we will ask them to vote curbside, which has long been a, a function of Ohio's elections. It's an accommodation that's generally offered for our uh, ADA population. Those that have mobility challenges are offered the opportunity to vote curbside. But if you show up without a mask and you refuse the one that we give you, then we're going to ask you to stay outside to cast your ballot so that you don't cause concern for the other voters. Of course, unfortunately, if you refuse all of those accommodations, we can't and we won't turn you away. The U.S. Constitution says in at least three different places, the right to vote shall not be abridged. And uh, to me, that means very clearly we can't turn anyone away from a polling location. But the right thing to do, the responsible thing to do is to wear your mask, come in, cast your ballot. Make your voice heard and walk out with your I Voted Today stick. That's what we hope that Ohioans do on November 3rd. Backyard Politics is brought to you by Ion Community. Are you a storyteller who needs to reach your audience? Are you an elected official who needs to reach voters? Are you a small business owner who wants to reach new clients? Are you a government entity who needs to communicate better with the community? That's what Ion Community is all about. 
We are a family of podcasts that talk to your community. We're talking about the audience that you need. With our family of podcasts, including Ion Loveland, which just discussed the politics of Loveland, Ohio, High Heels in Politics, which looks at politics from the viewpoint of a woman's perspective, and Backyard Politics, where we talk about what's going on in your backyard. Ion Community is here to serve your needs. You need to speak to your constituents, your customers, and your voters. Ion Community is the way you're going to do that. Come to IonCommunity.com today. That's E-Y-E-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y dot com and find out how we can help you reach the people you most need to be speaking to. That's IonCommunity.com. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Okay, welcome to the roundtable portion. And here it's, uh, what is it, kind of like Crossfire. Who are the two people, Brinkley and Sapphire or whatever? Gross you, and Wessels. Yeah, you I guys can decide who's the David Brinkley and who's the William Sapphire here. But uh, we've got Pam Gross from Ion Community, co-host of the Ion Loveland podcast. How are you, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone. And we have Joe Wessels from... The From Cincinnati podcast, former reporter, man about town, Loveland local news. How are you today, Joe? Yeah, former. I you know or current. Bite my big toe. Yes. I'm not former. Okay. Okay. A reporter. A reporter. I'll say that uh, on again, <laughs> off again. Reporter. I guess we always want to make sure because I'm a big believer in this stuff. Pam is also former councilwoman for Loveland City Council, so that's where you get your gravitas here on all these great. <laughs> I don't know about that part, but. <laughs> It, but I, thank you. I yes. told you it's like meet the press whenever they get uh, the guy I always bring up is Jim Talent, former senator from Missouri. So that's you. You were in the system. So, you know, the system guys, we're going to talk about voting here. And again, this is obviously a huge issue being a big national election going on. But really want to focus again here on Hamilton County. And I, I want to thank again, Marianne, for interviewing Secretary of State Frank LaRose. I do want to highlight, though, that this interview was conducted a couple weeks ago. It's been on high heels and politics out there for everybody to listen to, which you should listen to because it's great information. But there's something he said in that interview about the drop boxes. And for those of you that don't know, you can get a ballot, your absentee ballot, and you can go all the boards of elections have a secure box with cameras that you can drop your vote off to make sure you feel secure that you're voting. A lot of people, mainly the Ohio Democratic Party, is really pushing the idea of getting more drop boxes, and their ideas are putting them in front of municipal buildings or libraries, things like that. Secretary of State LaRose said in this interview that he does not have the authority, that's a legislative authority, in order to add those drop boxes. Well, breaking news, well, not breaking news, it's like two days old, or <laughs> time this podcast comes out a few days old, a court, a common police court, I believe, said that the Secretary of State does have the authority to put those drop boxes out. So I'll start with you, Pam. What's next? Ryan, you're exactly right. There was a, I think it was a Franklin County Common Pleas Court judge who said that Frank LaRose, when he said that he didn't have the authority to put those drop boxes down, the court ruled that that was arbitrary and unreasonable. I believe those are the two words that he used and that you're right. He said that LaRose does indeed have the legal authority to permit more than one drop box at the county, at the county board of elections. I know that you said something about libraries and those kind of things that I don't know much about. I know that the ruling specifically addressed the county board of elections. The other thing is what I found interesting is I kind of dug around just to learn a little bit more about what kind of the whole 
situation was and why Frank LaRose thought that. One of the things that I do know is that Secretary LaRose did consult with the Attorney General of the state of Ohio and had him actually review the law. And at that point in time, I guess his advice was, yeah, you don't indeed have that authority. So that's kind of the background on it. Look, I, I want to be clear here, because we're going to get into the politics of this in a minute here, but I believe the Secretary of State is interpreting his job the way he believes the Secretary of State's job is. I don't think the primary focus is, well, I'm a Republican candidate, so I got to do whatever the Republican Party tells me to do. He is, I do believe he is first and foremost a Secretary of State. But Joe, I go, I'll go to you on this one. It just, this just seems endlessly complicated. Mm-hmm. Where, what, six weeks away from the election, they've already sent out uh, the Secretary of State referenced letters that everybody was going to be getting on their absentee ballots. I know I've got mine. I know. I have not gotten mine. Oh, see. But my partner did, and and, uh, so did my grandmother. Some people. (laughs) You better go talk. You better go to the voteohio.org and make sure you're still registered. That's another. (laughs) Oh, that's a a good thing. But so, Joe, why is it after the pandemic, after all this stuff, why is it we still don't know how the heck we're going to (sighs) vote? Wow, that's a complicated question. I mean, why don't we know is because, first of all, we weren't prepared for a pandemic. Nobody thought about this. Nobody thought this was going to happen, even though it's been a realistic possibility for for decades. Any one of the viruses, diseases that cropped up, you know, you talk about uh, SARS or, um, oh gosh. H1N1. H1N1. All these things had the potential to be widespread bad events, and, and they didn't for, for you know, arguably different reasons. Different reasons. But uh, not nobody saw the potency in the. Uh, well, apparently we did know some of well, it early on. That, that's we we will have that podcast. Yeah, we'll have future. that podcast another time. But there apparently some people may have known early on that the potency of this um, of this uh, COVID nineteen was pretty serious. So uh, we didn't prepare, and I think the country has been left without really a plan for what to do. I know a lot of people turn to the president for. Uh, direction of the executive branch, the federal government for direction on this. It's been left to the different governors and elections are politicized in, in this. It's been politicized for a while here. Why that is, I, I guess we'll get into the discussion of what exactly is the reason behind that. I, I look at this and I, I just, there isn't really, I, I was a precinct executive for, I forget how many elections. I, I did several of them. I think it was about five years. I, I religiously worked uh, the polls. I did it for the money, seven dollars an hour or whatever it was. <laughs> but I really also, I mean, I did. I mean, you know, it was it was in college during part of the time. I was in, uh, it wasn't in high school. I think it was all in college during that time. And I, I did it because it was some extra cash. I could sit there and study during the day and when we weren't busy. And uh, it also felt like a real civic duty. And the elections were. It, it was really straightforward how this all worked. You came in, you said your name, and you signed the booklet. If your signature looked reasonably like the one that you signed the last time you voted, you got to vote. You got a ballot. Then things started happening like provisional voting, motor voter motor voter rules, and, and that sort of thing. This seemed to make the voting easier. And I don't know why there was ever a need to impede any of that. 2000 happened. You know, I was working as a, as a polling person, um, Early to mid '90s, I guess, maybe even some into the late '90s or so, and then 2000 happened with um, Bush versus Gore, you know, and that was a, a huge, um, huge change with the hanging chads in Florida and stuff. And the reaction to that has to what happened in Florida 
has been astonishing to me. Everybody knew that there was a change that needed to happen, but no one really, I think, expected the change that did happen. They didn't seem to fix the problem. They just changed it and created new ones. I want to go back to a couple of things because I do agree, Joe, when you bring up the politicization. Uh, I never say this word quite right. The politi- political the politi- politicalization <laughs> of, I know it's a mess. Sorry, folks. The politics of it. The politics of elections, <laughs> mm-hmm. because I think we do have to talk about that because I think we have to talk about the fact that when did voting become a political issue. Well, yeah. But before we get to that, I want to backtrack a little bit to something that Ryan that you said and it goes back to the what Frank LaRose said because I think these are important points. First, the Secretary of State is the chief elections officer. So he does not even though he is a Republican, he doesn't necessarily he is the Secretary of State of all Ohio citizens. And I think mm-hmm. that's a very important thing to say. But the other thing is is Originally, when he was talking about the drop boxes, going back to the drop boxes, one of the things that he said is that he didn't feel like now was the time to change processes and systems because it was part of and it was in an election year and he just didn't feel like that was an appropriate time to change it. But in addition to that, he also feels like it is a legislation legislation issue. But this goes to my point and what you said about being unprepared. You talked about being unprepared for the COVID, being unprepared for the mm-hmm. pandemic. And I, I can understand that. But the biggest thing is, is, is why, however, are we always unprepared in regards to these things that need to be addressed when it comes to actual voting processes and procedures? And one of the things that I find very aggravating as a registered Republican is the Ohio legislature is controlled by Republicans. Not only is it controlled by Republicans, they have a supermajority. They can no, do yeah. whatever yeah. they want. And they have a Republican governor. Right. Who often goes along with it. The thing is, they know that we have these problems. So they knew that there could be problems with drop boxes. They knew there were questions with these things. In addition to that, we also just had the Ohio Controlling Board that just ruled that the, because Frank LaRose wanted to pay for the postage on mail-in ballots, and the, the Ohio Controlling Board said, nah, we're not going to pay for the postage. So once again, one of the things that he said is this is a legislation issue again. So my point is, is we're not only unprepared for other things, we're unprepared with the basic rights that we as Ohio citizens have, and that is voting. Why aren't we addressing these things? And that's what I did. And it isn't just these things that have come up. It's not just drop boxes. It's not just now the postage. It's not just that. Look at the issue we have with poll workers. Mm-hmm. Look at the issue that we have with, you know, the fact that, uh, and this has been a problem for a long time. Yeah. And, it, and my point is, is fix the darn thing. Well, I, there's a reason, and my point was that there's a reason why they aren't fixing it. So John Williams, who's running for judge, uh, to be reelected as judge of the, is, uh, the Hamilton County, um, one of the two Hamilton County juvenile, juvenile court judges, back in my full-time reporting days, back in those days, I think that's what you meant, Ryan. Right? Yes, right. Right. <laughs> I was a um, reporter. I was covering it for Reuters News Service, and I talked to John. He said, um, I think there's going to be a time, the distant, not too distant future, where we just go back to the old punch card system. It works. There are machines on the market right now. So we, we had already in Hamilton County adopted the Scantron style system, okay, which wasn't even changed until last year. So we had this thing for 
close to 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. These old systems. Now, does anybody... My uh, son the other day tried to run Minecraft on a computer laptop from 2012. And I told him, it doesn't have enough memory to, to run this Minecraft. It's Minecraft. Like, mm. what is a 16-bit? <laughs> yeah, no, but but the, the world is yeah. like It's so moved, dark, way moved on infinite. past yeah. this. So here, 18 years later, we're still using the same system. And he said, these systems, they're fine. They work, whatever. But we don't need them. They're, they're computers. They, they could... Um, computers... They have memory, you know, memory could be, there's all these things that they do. They backed up with a paper ballot and so you could recount all those and everything. But he said there are machines on the, on the market right now. And this is probably, oh, I would say, say 2008. I'm thinking I'm talking to John about this. I remember this so well, this conversation we had on election night at the board of elections. He said, there's machines now that you can take that punch card ballot and put it in there. And it'll tell you right there whether you undervoted or overvoted. Mm -hmm. And if the voter says, oh yeah, I meant to do that. Then put the ballot in the in the ballot box. If they're like, "Oh shoot, I didn't mean to overvote. I didn't mean to undervote." Then you take the ballot back. You can. There's a process. Even back in the early '90s, there was a process for a called a soiled ballot. You take the ballot and you, I forget if you marked it some way, soiled ballot, and you put it in a special envelope that would then, at the end of uh, the election day at seven thirty, you would lick it, seal it, put a piece of tamper-proof tape over it, and then the board of elections officials would open it up. One Democrat, one Republican. People don't know that in, in Ohio, I, I don't know how it is in other states, Hamilton County Board of Elections always has an even number of employees. Always. Mm-hmm. You know, give or take, you know, maybe a week or two where there maybe is a resignation before there's an appointment. Those jobs are essentially appointed jobs because you have one declared Republican and one declared Democrat who are witnessing every official act at the Board of Elections. That way there's no funny business. No, no. Why in the world would you make it harder? For anyone to vote ever, okay. So anyway, the, more Dropbox. Why don't we put it? Why don't why, there should be a Dropbox at every UDF in Cincinnati? Okay, so here so this is this is a great point to put the politis, political <laughs> the political side of the whole thing here. Oh, good God, I so disagree yeah. with that, Mister Wessels. But hold on, hold on. But no, no. But this is this is a good launch. This is a good launch. Put point. another log on the backyard politics fire. I think <laughs> we're going to be here a little while. No, because this this will lead to that discussion. Okay. In my job or in politics in general, it's an old term. God, it's been around a long time called the Overton window. The Overton window basically just says is there's a window of what the public will accept. And outside of that window, the top, the bottom, the left, and the right are the extremes. And what has happened is sometimes the extremes start to push the Overton window to the ways we accept things. A great Uh, example of this, just for the record, is the border wall. In 1992, presidential candidate Pat Buchanan said we need to build a wall on our southern border, and he was laughed out of the room. Mm. Well, the Overton window shifted that it's more of an acceptable position to a larger part of the public. So kind of makes sense. Voting, I'm going to put the same way. And Pam, this is like where you probably disagree. We're talking about voting is, is as simple as possible. 18 years old, living in a place that you've lived 30 days prior to the election. 18 on the election day. So FYI, if you're 17, but you turn 18 before November 3rd, you do get to vote. So get your butt registered. Kids, get your mom and dad to drive you to the board of elections. If I say that, 18 years old, living where you live 30 days prior, that's acceptable, right? Absolutely. And November 3rd, going down, voting, that's acceptable. I would assume we would agree with that. As times come on with the motor voter rules and things like that, we've expanded what's called absentee balloting. Again, I'm going to reference Secretary of State. It's not really absentee anymore, but we've accepted that. Now, Pam, Joe is going way over that Overton window to say put a drop box on every corner. What do you, you don't agree with? Oh, that. absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea, first off, 
I mean, we have so many different ways that you can vote anyway. You can vote by absentee. You've got now early voting. You can vote in person. You can mail in your ballot. We have plenty of ways to vote. Um, I think we should be able to vote on our iPhones, on our smartphones. Yeah, and you're up to the technology and the programmer of whether or not that actually goes to where it's supposed to go. Maybe that's the question. As we expand it, security gets expansive, too. Well, it's it's interesting because I watch one of my favorite shows in the whole world was Good Wife, and then they did a spinoff called The Good Life. Uh, or the mm. good fight. It was mm. called the good fight, mm. and it was interesting because one of the one of the episodes dealt with because uh, this show is very anti-Trump. One of the epi- Hollywood show. Not happy with. I Trump. know. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm shocked by that. I wonder, but what anyway, I wonder what he did to upset them. But anyway, one of the episodes dealt with that there was this shadow group working behind trying to manipulate the vote, and what they had done was <laughs> they had hired the firm that programs the voting machines Mm -hmm. and they had created an algorithm or whatever that so many votes that were cast for Republicans would be changed to Democrat. It was actually a very interesting episode. Mm. But what was interesting about it was the concept of it because it shows you that that at the end of the day, when we get these voting machines, we get these kind of things. They are subject to you have to remember there's still human beings behind them. That's why when you said, oh, I want it at every UDF box yeah, or whatever. Okay, absolutely. well, sure. So now I'm going to have the UDF clerk. No, no. That's we'll, just silliness. Well, no, no. We'll, you know, like, we'll, we'll put it uh, like one of those, um, you know, where you see them a lot at parks where they say, donate to help make this park here. And it's like a, a st- iron steel box that's yeah. like bolted to the ground with like 10 pounds of Is concrete. Is that the social security lock box? That Al Gore always talked about? No, no, no. He took that with him. <laughs> I, I, I mean, no. It, I still the bottom line is there's still social. human beings keep, attached yeah. to this. Yeah. Here, here, here's right. here, 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 right what my... means more security. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, here's here's my main my main issue with the whole voting thing is is that I don't know how our basic right to vote has become such a political kind of tool now for either side, whether you're on the right or the left. Uh-huh. Because at the end of the day, what you really need are good voting procedures that are put in place so that we don't have any of this. We've it's, had it's them why, for decades. It's why it's become such a political issue. Right. Yeah. And that's that's no, where I, I This is why I go back to the Overton window th- um, concept, though, is this is what I've done almost my entire career is elections you know work on this type of stuff get people out to the polls understand how voting works and we've expanded voting and the security has been an issue i'll admit that but you know what the security's been an issue it's oh it's always always let me put on this way it's always on your mind right but this is the fact though okay and i've got 25 years in this business the fact is the amount of quote-unquote voter fraud is so small it's almost non-existent. Yeah. And look, I I know stories. Everybody's talking so about stories. So what would it, what would happen if you had a drop box at UDF that was bolted to the ground with a 500 pounds of concrete, you know, bolted into the, you know. Well, no, this is this is my point though. My you drove point a fire isn't truck about into the expansion it. expansion of the voting. My point is how it's being politicized who gets to vote. And I don't mean illegal immigrants and I don't mean this and, and I, that's the wrong way to say who gets to vote. It's become political on how the parties illegal drive immigrants their don't get to vote now. No, they don't. They never no, I'm did. Saying, that's what I mean. I'm not that's not what I mean, but I'm saying it's become this drive on getting your people to vote. Now, mm. I'll fully admit in my younger days, I'd rent a van and I'd go to like retirement communities and be, you know, Ryan driving people to the polls today and yeah. all exciting. I did that for political reasons. 
I sure. knew I knew who those people were. I knew they were going to vote. That's for the fair game, I wanted though. To do. Right? Exactly. You weren't telling. You weren't going to the booth with them and punching the card, were you? Right. No. 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 I wasn't. And there's a, Pam. I know you're going to really appreciate this. There's a drive to get your voters out. I know a lot of the thoughts in the Republican Party is their voters are going to go vote on election day. So they're not focusing as much on the absentee ballots or the early voting group. But you know what? They didn't do that two years ago. And Chris Monzel lost to Stephanie Dumas. Well, the other problem with the Republicans is that they don't really go where the voters go. I mean, and this is where the Democrats have been really, really smart. Number one, the Democrats have been really, really good about that whole get out and vote thing. They really get their people to the polls. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people will say, well, the way they do it is probably unethical. And then, of course, you've heard all the stories of, you know, they pay for their lunch and Mm -hmm. they do this and that. Okay, well, you know. And that's why I said I would drive people to the polls. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, my point, though, is is that if none of that is illegal, which I don't believe it is. No, it's not. Then why the hell aren't the Republicans doing it? I sure hope it's not illegal. I mean, why aren't they doing it? So the question (laughs) becomes, why aren't you doing it? So why? I guess my question is, why are the Republicans focusing on the way people vote and not focusing on bringing bringing them to vote? And and that's one of the things that I have preached over and over and over again for years has to do with the fact that it's very smart for a candidate to actually go to the Board of Elections. And that is when you look back and you want to know why Chris Menzel, one of the reasons why he lost, Stephanie Dumas or somebody from her campaign was almost every day at the Board of Elections during that entire 30 days where you can vote early. That's just good politicking so right That's there. what I'm saying. It's good politicking. And, Monzel, and Chris Monzel did so, not have anybody there? No. No. The that's Republicans just, that's never seem, that's what I'm saying. She the Republicans never then. seem to do that. I don't know why. Instead, they want to dither and, and dicker around with this whole... Uh, you know, well, we need more boxes or we need more this or we need more that. Look, the bottom line is we have plenty of ways for you to vote. What needs to be. So instead of politicizing the right to vote, Why? let's politicize your darn candidates and get them out to vote for your candidates. So and I think the reality, because I, mean, I, I can't imagine why would the Republicans not. I think they have to have some go TV, you know, the, the GOTV would get out the vote. They have to have something going on. They can't just be totally not doing that right i mean no, no, I, I, look, I don't hey i think a part of it and again this is a bigger bigger conversation but part of it is if you look at the late 1960s the 70s the republican party was expanding its base mm-hmm. and it was getting more and more people into voting for them and the democrats who'd been in charge a very very long time i mean minus eisenhower for eight years who was about the most middle-of-the-road president we've ever had on the planet. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the Democrats had been in charge for a while, and the Republicans had expanded their voter base by going out and bringing new voters to them. I think, and it's unfortunate, but I think right now it's reversed. I think the Democrats are trying to expand their base, and the Republicans are trying to hold on. And Hamilton County, I think, is a great example of this, because it's gone very blue lately. So we talked about this uh, with Judge Hartman, that it's a, or no, we actually, the three of us talked about this, where it's like, okay, we just have to save the prosecutor's office, or we just have to focus on the sheriff. So what they're doing is they're giving up the rest of their candidates, and they're just shoring up support for them, and they're using, honestly, 20th century tactics, mm-hmm. whereas voting has now moved into the 21st century. I'm saying really the Republicans just don't seem to see any value in a, in a, I think, in a GOTV? I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think there's been a lot of discussion from the Republicans about not expanding voting. 
And I think they should be expanding their voters. And I think that's what's hurting them right now. The basic consensus is that from, from what I'm hearing from you, Pam, and then, and then, and then Ryan is that they're essentially, they have voters out there. Yes. They're just not getting them motivated. And no, so they'd rather, they'd rather they're argue. Growing. They're not adding new voters. And, so that's what, and that's my opinion. I might be wrong. I so think, no. And so they would rather fight the fight about requiring IDs and you have to have this, this kind of ID. I think you should have an ID. Absolutely. 100%. Well, okay. There's before no, we get into no. all that, there is an amendment yeah. to the United States Constitution that you cannot pay to vote. So until every single state yep. allows free IDs. Can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. It's just a constitutional issue. Well, and you I don't personally an have ID. no problem with, right. with voter, voter ID, ID the whole voter, I don't. I, I just don't. Well, but, okay, but that's but great. Joe, but here, voter going IDs back to your question, are, though, I think what the issue is with the Republicans, the Republicans tend to get bogged down in this minutia nonsense no. with everything's unfair or this. And the bottom line is just just accept it, move on. From the election point of view, and do what you need to do to get your voters you know, to the voting booth. I, don't, I guess I don't subscribe to the so. Republicans are just not motivated enough to get the people out. I think what the reality of it is, is they know that they can't win on a pure numbers game. And hey. they, they, can't, they can't win on a pure numbers game, so they have to... They, they have to curtail the voting some way well, in order I, to make it harder for other people that would normally vote to vote so they can I, win. That's the I, only, I, there's no other explanation I disagree. because you don't need a voter ID because yeah. we did it for decades without an ID I, and there was no fraud I or very little fraud. I disagree. And then we made I disagree fraud. with your whole notion that Republicans don't have the numbers. I think the Republicans don't have good messages. They well, don't do a well, you good say defund job the police and messages. black lives matter is, is a great. No, message. it's a terrible message. No, no, but no, what no. I'm saying <laughs> is, but they don't get out their message in terms of what it is. Mm-hmm. They don't explain well enough how this country was built, why this system is the best system that there is. They spend too much time defending stuff and letting other, uh, letting another party control the narrative. We need, no. as a party, mm-hmm. to do a good job as to why am I a Republican why I think it is better platform. They do a terrible job of that. And well, they always have. Well, Quite frankly, right. they really always because have. I right. think I the did. last great campaign we ever had where it was articulated in terms of patriotism and why this country is great and why businesses work and why it's important that you proud to be an American and to be uh, about individualism and about the fact that we live in a country where if you want to do and be successful, you can, and you can. The problem is, is the last time that that message truly, truly was was clear and concise for a Republican was Ronald Reagan. Well, okay, we haven't had it, and that's since. why that's why I go back. And because, that's me. No. I'm a I'm a Reaganite. No. Yeah. So for me, yeah. that is extremely frustrating to watch what has happened to the Republican Party because all of a sudden now we're like capitalism is the best system in the world but we never explain why well the, so i want to keep this on the voting okay. though and why the politicization of it is and maybe this is my big just final plea or whatever is out there or maybe you know this is the best way i'm going to try to distill this down joe what i i understand what you're saying because i'll tell you right now i think republican voters are the most motivated voters I think so too. But I think what the problem right, is rainy days, yes. Republicans still vote, right? Yes. That means yes. they're more motivated, exactly. right? I mean, and that's, I'll tell that's, you right now, every election day, if it's overcast and cold, I'm like, this is a Republican but, kind of day. And every election day, that's bright and sunny. So here, this is this their is, ideas just are not as popular. No, no. 
So the Republicans. That's because we do a lousy job with the messaging. No, okay, but let's take the let's take the Affordable Care Act for one. Obamacare Republicans have got a great message out there about how the the Obamacare is horrible, but Americans love the Affordable Care Act. Guess what? Guess what? How they're different? They're the names. They're the same thing. Yeah. People. So so this is this is where I'm going to say with Pam, it's the messaging, and I agree with that. Here's the problem: like you talk about that, I I would I will 100% agree. The best, the last great, last best campaign a Republican ran was Ronald Reagan's 1984 and won 49 states and had uh, beat Mondale by a lot. So it had this thing. But since then, you have a whole new generation that's come up, my generation, and then the generation behind that. And it's always been about, I keep, they're not growing their voter base and they, sh- they need to be, and you need to do it through these methods. I saw in the news today that the amount of absentee ballots requested in Ohio is double, double. than what it was a year, um, two years ago. Yeah, Double. And do they correlate that then back to, I heard that as well, but I was wondering, do they correlate that back to what primary ballot they requested as well too? I see. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know all the minutiae. Okay. I just know be the very curious. Who, who's asking and for these? I kind of know that from the Hamilton County Board of Elections because it is literally has been what, I think three times yeah. mm-hmm. absentee ballot requests from Democrats versus Republicans. Now, like I had said in a prior podcast, oh, so three times more Democrats. Are, num- yeah, they're yeah. requesting. The problem is, is that because of the primary, and because yeah. we had so many Republicans who data, did not, yeah. who didn't vote, the data no. isn't necessarily. So they're only correlating it to twenty twenty and not yes. twenty nineteen, and that's or twenty sixteen, I guess. Yeah. Maybe so even though we even, could throw that out, and and we do throw it out, it comes with a big, huge asterisk on it. Yeah, and since nineteen or since ninety two, I'll say. Since the 1992 election, so we're talking 28 years ago, on the national level, a Republican has only ever gotten a uh, majority of the vote, 50% or more one time, and that was in 2004. So my my point about it is, obviously, the Democrats are using these different voting methods, and that's why they're pushing for them. That's why they politicized it, get people to vote more, find more ways for people to vote. I just – that's why I throw out to you guys, and everything you guys are saying – you're not arguing. You're saying a lot of the same things, but it comes down to one simple fact. The Republicans are not going to survive if they don't start adapting to these new voting changes. Okay. Did I stun you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no I, I, I mean, I, I, my biggest thing is, is I don't think that the issue is that there aren't enough ways to vote. <laughs> I, I really don't. I'm sorry. I, I just don't subscribe to that. I mean, I'm, I've always been an old school kind of girl. For me, Election Day was a very, very exciting day, very proud day to be an American, and sure. I always voted on Election Day. I actually, that was your only choice for a long time, unless you had Yeah, but I'm just saying, but over the years, it has mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always voted on Election Day, and, and I, I hold that in high esteem to be able to do that. But how is that, that. fair? But but my thing is, is that now, especially with, you know, all the shenanigans and change it, I shouldn't use the word shenanigans, but mm-hmm. the change, the pandemic. but the changes mm-hmm. in the rules in regards to oh, the yeah. pandemic, I actually, for the first time, actually went to the board of elections early and voted at my board of elections in mm-hmm. Claremont County. I will do that again this time around. I am not going to wait for election day because I am not, I don't want to be involved in whatever, and, and whatever election day is going to look like. And I think that's sad because I think at the end of the day, I've always been a supporter of absentee, true absentee ballots. Mm-hmm. 
And I personally, I hate early voting. This 30-day early voting, I think that's crap. I think we should have one week before election day that you can go to your board of elections and you can vote because you can either do it by absentee if you know you're not going to be here. You'll have one week and then vote in person. Now, that's me. That is just me. But this is conservatives uh, tend to be pretty good at the arbitrary rulemaking. Like, okay, <laughs> this is the way we've always done way. it. So what? So, yeah, but why? Yeah, but what? why do we need, love why America do we just have election day 365 so days out of the year then? If you love America and love democracy okay, but so much, why, why but should, what would you, you try to impede? In, I why guess does this it have is to what I don't understand. Day? You hear from Democrats every time. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's voter suppression if we don't do X. You have to have rules in society for God's sake. And there's plenty of ways to vote. And so the point is, is that if you determine that absentee voting, you've got in-person voting on the day of election, and you've got, fine, 30-day voting. Okay, what the hell else do you need? Well, I guess I, 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 mean, I that's subscribe the thing. to the Who more classical. Who are we suppressing? I guess I subscribe to the more classical liberal view that, you know, there's no need to make a rule unless there is a reason to make the rule. There is no reason. There's but no we re- haven't changed any of the Okay, I'm, I'm going to call time here. You guys go to your corners. <laughs> go, go do wipes down here. There's this a is, white towel on the yeah. floor here. Do you anybody know where that came from? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, At least there's no blood on it. No, 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 this, is, no this is great because, again, I think, I think we all agree on the same thing. Everybody should get a chance to vote. Absolutely. It's how we get to that point. And I think in the end, what we're looking at now, you've got one party... Using using that Overton window again, you have one party saying there's not enough ways to vote, and you have another party saying there's too many ways to vote. When it comes down to it, in that middle, in that window, people have the opportunity to vote. Go vote. Yes. And if you're a politician, you better damn well know that there's more than just election day. Yes, and get your message out. <laughs> well, in the time being, you should definitely subscribe to the rules. You shouldn't yeah. wish that the rules were different and yes. then not vote. You should definitely subscribe to whatever the rules are. Follow them. Bring your Duke bill. Bring your, right. your Cincinnati bell bill. Bring your Verizon bill. Whatever. I bring my whatever the Republican certain. legislature has <laughs> deemed to be appropriate. Go vote. Go to the Secretary yeah. of State site. Go to your board of elections. Register by October fifth uh, to vote. I think is the last day to register. I think or October fourth. October sixth. It's October sixth. Yes, October sixth. Everybody do it by October first. You got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That but, way we know it's but an there's October. One, but there's one other last thing, and I think, and I said it earlier. It's also important for our darn politicians that and, and our elected representatives that we elect to do things that they start doing their job. Yeah. Stop doing am, it at the last minute. Stop doing it at the last minute and fix some of this stuff. Fix it. Stop arguing about it. Because at the end of the day, we are all in agreement. Our voices need to be heard. That's right. And our voices are heard because we got these big microphones and <laughs> the internet, all the tubes of the internet. So, Pam, where are people going to find you if they need to? Oh, is this over? <laughs> I told you, you're in your corners. Oh, right? okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Damn. I'm okay. calling it for now. So, Pam, where are people going to find you? Did, I didn't even cuss or anything. I really want to have to. He told have, you to go to your corner, but he didn't tell you you had to be quiet. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> the microphone has a cord on it. No, I can take it to my corner. Yeah. That's right. All right, Pam, where are people going to find uh, you? You can follow me personally on Twitter at Loveland Pam. You can also contact me through our company, Ion Community, and it's Pam at IonCommunity.com. All right, Joe. Where are people going to find you? you I live at, at 19. No, I'm just kidding. Ballots? <laughs> <laughs> you can drop your ballot off in my house and I will harvest and them for you. And he'll take it to the UDF. <laughs> <laughs> to the UDF. <laughs>
Where can you find me? By Joe Wessels on Twitter, uh, Level Local News. And uh, the From Cincinnati podcast is at From Cincinnati on Twitter. From there, you can click on the link tree link, link and find everything you need to know about me and more. I'm very Google. Yes. Right? All right. Well, great. Thank you both. Thank Thanks, you. everyone, for listening. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. I am uh, still cooling down from that spirited discussion, especially there at the end. Guys, I want to thank Pam Gross, Joe Wessels, Marianne Christie, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, and most importantly, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening and be a part of this. Be a part of this discussion. Again, it is obvious that the three of us do not see this, the three of us and that myself, Joe, and Pam, we do not see this all exactly the same way. But we were still willing to sit down and talk about it with each other. And you know what? Even if we did not come up with a solution, we're still talking and you guys get to hear. So be part of that conversation. You want to be part of it or you want to tell me what's going on. You want to tell me how I'm the only right one and Pam and Joe need to listen to me. You guys can do that by emailing me, ryan at ioncommunity.com. That's R-Y-A-N at I-E-Y-E-O-N-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y, ioncommunity.com. You can email me there. You can go follow me at Twitter. I'm the Loveland Tadler. So just Type in Loveland Tadler and you will find me a nice little whistle there because I love to blow that whistle. And just really get involved with the conversation. But most importantly, I mean, the thing I want you to take away from this the most is absolutely remember to get registered to vote and to vote on November 3rd. That is the most important thing around. We know what the rules are. One side wants one way, one side wants another way, but the fact of the matter is we know what we have. You have your early voting, you have the drop boxes at the Board of Elections, you have your absentee voting, and you have your in-person voting. Again, guys, it's easy. Go vote. Backyard Politics is a production of Ion Community. This episode was written, engineered, and mixed by myself and Marianne Christie, because she did the first part of the interview, so I'm going to give her credit here. And again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for your interest. And remember to vote. We'll talk to you next time.